Hey briefers, Annika Smethurst here. In today's briefing, Rihanna Patrick catches up with pop artist Isaiah Firebrace. And Rihanna, it was a bit of a fan moment for you. Oh, Annika, it totally was. I love him as a musician, but I'm also a big fan of the work that he does away from music. And you and our listeners might know him as the winner of X Factor, but also representing Australia at the Eurovision Song Contest. Well, now he's written a new children's book, Come Together, Things Every Aussie Kid Should Know About the First Peoples. If just one kid walks away with just learning something new, that would just be incredible because, you know, as First Nations people, you know, we just want people to be on that same page with us. Isaiah is a Yorta Yorta Gunditjamara man and he campaigned via change.org to have Indigenous history and culture taught in Australian schools. And he ended up with hundreds of thousands of signatures and as a result, the federal government also committed $14 million to teach Indigenous languages in Australian classrooms. But he hasn't finished lobbying for more change. So Rihanna's chat with Isaiah is coming up in the second half of the briefing, but first, here's the headlines. It's Friday, December 2. The ACT and Northern Territory have given the green light to introduce voluntary assisted dying laws. The federal parliament last night voted to lift a 25-year-old ban preventing the territories from approving euthanasia. The eyes have it. I call the clerk... Every state in Australia has already legalised voluntary youth in Asia, but not the territories. The Howard government in 1997 imposed a veto on the Northern Territory and the ACT, banning them from approving it. Last night's vote now clears the way for both the territories to be able to debate and pass their own laws. They are mature parliaments. They are held accountable by their communities. They face elections. It is more than reasonable that these parliaments be allowed to do this for themselves. Finance Minister and Senator for the ACT, Katie Gallagher there. And in other news from Canberra, the House of Reps will hold a rare Friday sitting today to pass the government's omnibus industrial relations bill. The legislation passed through the Senate last night with the Greens and ACT independent Senator David Pocock voting with the government. And Chris Dawson will be sentenced today. The 74-year-old was found guilty of murdering his wife Lynette in August. Yeah, Lynette was a 33-year-old mother of two and vanished from Sydney's northern beaches in January 1982 and her body has never been found. And their story was the subject of the Teacher's Pet podcast and the popularity of the podcast led prosecutors to reopen the case. Dawson maintained his innocence throughout the trial but was convicted and will today learn how long he'll be imprisoned. New no-body, no-release laws were introduced in New South Wales in the wake of Dawson's conviction, meaning he could die behind bars if he doesn't disclose where his wife's body has been buried. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's Netflix trailer has been released. The $157 million six-part doco will hit screens next week. I had to do everything I could to protect my family. That's Harry there, and here's some of Meghan. When the stakes were this high... Doesn't it make more sense to hear our story from us? The trailer shows photos and videos of the couple dancing, playing guitar and taking selfies. The show is said to give an insight into the pair's love story. 
Meanwhile, Buckingham Palace is in damage control after one of the late Queen Elizabeth's ladies-in-waiting made a racist comment at a palace function. 83-year-old Lady Sarah Hussey has resigned after asking a British charity founder, Nagozi Falani, where she was really from. Nagozi is from Manchester. She said, what's your nationality? And I said, lady, I was born here, I'm British. I was thinking that would be the end of it. No, no, where are you really from? Where are your people from? Lady, my people. What is this, you know? That was Ngozi speaking to the BBC overnight. The palace has said it will be investigating and it's taking the incident extremely seriously. Annika, will you be watching the Meghan and Harry doco series? Oh, I must admit I probably will, Rihanna. <laughs> Look, I, you know, I'm, I do question uh, taking that much uh, amount of money to, you know, expose what's happening in your own family. But uh, again, it's a, it's a business and I'm going to probably be watching it. So it's worked. Yeah, see, Annika, I normally would dip into this, but i got to be honest, I watched the trailer. It did not give me anything new. Mm, and I'm, I'm like, well, too. why am I going to tune in? <laughs> You know, I was like, yep, I understand what you just said, Harry. Yep, Megan, obviously it is your story because it's coming from you. But wasn't that the Oprah interview? I've got we've so many it. questions. I know. We've heard your story. I have no doubt about what it's going to include. But you know what? I just am a little bit curious. I'm going to watch yeah, it. I get that. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It, I felt like that trailer could have given us so much more and it's clear that they know regardless of what they put out that people are going to watch it. <laughs> and Australians will be up early Sunday morning to watch the Socceroos play Argentina in the FIFA World Cup. The 1-0 win over Denmark early yesterday means Australia faces Argentina at 6am on Sunday. It's about the mentality and, and the drive and I think what we if there's one thing that we've not only shown the nation, we've shown the world that we are connected together as a team and as a group, we'll go out there and do it for ourselves. As Socceroos coach Graham Arnold there, France, the USA and England have also qualified for the knockout round. Now, Rihanna, will you be getting up on Sunday morning to watch it? I'm afraid not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a soccer watcher. I get it. I'm with people who want to get up at 6am. That's me during a Rugby Union World Cup. Completely understand it. But Annika, I was at a wedding on the weekend and it was my first wedding in a World Cup series situation and there was hardly anyone on the dance floor because everybody was outside watching the games on their mobile phones. It was a really weird vibe. <laughs> I wish I had watched it. I was covering the state election uh, at the age, but there was a few people up in the corner cheering uh, every time um, Australia were getting close there. And, of course, when they took it away the other morning, we saw those excellent scenes in uh, Fed Square and in Sydney. So as much as I'm tempted to, back in 2006... I was one of them. I was out in the street watching it. I just I just don't think I could do it this time, but I might get up and maybe watch the second half. Yeah, you probably will, FOMO and all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Annika. Coming up, my chat with Isaiah Firebrace. If you're a fan of X Factor or Eurovision, you might know Isaiah Firebrace for his voice, but the singer and broadcaster is adding a new title to his name, children's book author. He's just released Come Together, Things Every Aussie Kid Should Know About the First Peoples. 
Isaiah, thanks for joining me on The Briefing. What made you want to write this book? Have you ever thought about becoming an author before? Yeah, so being an author, you know, for the first time is like absolutely crazy. And it's been one of my dreams for a long time. The inspiration behind the book has definitely been out of my own experience and after I made a change.org petition, apparently a lot of other people's experience as well in school of not having those resources and things in the classroom being taught about First Nations culture. Yeah, I kind of like filled in that little gap that I feel like I missed out on as a kid and, you know, it was so important for me after doing the change.org petition, which called on more representation of First Nations culture and history in the classroom to kind of find ways in, in my own career that I can help do things in that direction with what I wanted to see. And um, it was just all about putting in the education system like just more representation of First Nations culture and history because almost 300,000 people signed that petition and said like, where has where has this been? Like, well, I'm, And I'm talking about generations even before me have always said we missed out on on this and like this should have happened years ago and it was definitely something that I've been passionate about and obviously so many more other people and yeah I did the book because I was like you know what I want to be an author I've wanted to do a children's book and now I have the idea of what it's going to be about so all of this personal journey and it's a big part of me actually this this book. Yeah so something you've obviously been thinking about for a long time Mm -hmm put this petition together, then found that there were over 200,000 other people that also agreed with you, Mm -hmm. delivered that petition to Parliament House where Minister Tanya Plibersek took hold of it along with Linda Burney, who's now the Minister um, for Indigenous Affairs. And so were you surprised by how many others shared your views about the fact that they too were looking for this information Mm. and that they also weren't finding this when they were in their schooling life? Yeah, you know what? It was crazy for me because, like, I remember when I made the petition, I was literally at home just thinking about my life and my school experience and I was thinking back at school and just everything. And then I kind of had this moment where I realised, like, we didn't really learn much in the classroom. And I just got quickly in, inspired and by impulse was like, you know, I'm going to do a change.org petition. It was a real lesson for me that when you – Make yourself vulnerable with speaking up about the things that you believe in. You never know how powerful that can be because I thought that I was the only one that even cared about this, you know, and then to put that out there and get the response was just crazy. It was just a real moment for me to think like, wow, like it, it really pays to to use your voice and speak up. People might disagree with you and then there are people that do agree with you, but, you know, it's all a part of the the integrity of who you are and it was just crazy for it to reach that amount of people and very eye-opening as well like wow like come on Australia like (laughs) generations even before me have wanted this and and I was very surprised that I was the first one that was standing up for this that also really surprised me I just thought other people may have wanted this in the past but apparently I was one of the first ones so Yeah, it was definitely a a proud moment as well and to present it in Parliament and for it to get accepted and it was just on the news and everything and it was like this huge thing was, it was a proud moment for me and like I said, a a big lesson in using your voice and not being afraid to use 
your voice and standing up for what you believe in. And I guess using your voice in a very different way because <laughs> most would be familiar with your voice work. <laughs> yes, with singing. <laughs> with singing, yep. with Eurovision and yep. seeing you in that capacity. Yep. So then seeing you take this on and then when we go from what was in the petition and what you were calling for to what is in that book of sort of these 20 key themes with Mm -hmm. these beautiful illustrations that go along as well. I mean, what was it that you wanted to teach kids about Aboriginal culture and history? Well, in the book, I included 20 topics of things that I personally love about our culture and things that I think people deserve a better understanding of. You know, I just wanted more people to just look at the positive side of it and like how much we need to celebrate it. It's all of, of our culture. I think if you're in this country and, you know, you're Aussie, like this is a part of the history. So embrace it and make it your own in your own way. I just wanted people to read this book and, and walk away learning something new, feeling inspired, for mob out there feeling more connected, feeling more joy, being intrigued by it and, and probably planting those seeds of then wanting to learn more. Like I put a lot of my heart and soul into this and... You know, it's things in the book that I think kids out there probably have heard about in their schooling experience. You know, maybe they ha- they have had a welcome to country at their assemblies or maybe they have had an elder come into the classroom or maybe they have seen the Torres Strait Islander flag. And, you know, it's just explaining those very foundational things that maybe that has never had an explanation before. My big dream is to, like, get this book into as many schools as possible because it is that foundational accessible knowledge that not only kids can learn from, but anyone that picks the book up that's reading it to the kids will learn something too. So I'm very happy that it appeals to a much bigger audience than just the children. And it's interesting you talk about welcome to country because that's one of the things that you touch on in this book Mm -hmm. is the difference between a welcome to country and an acknowledgement of country and something that is sometimes confusing to not only just kids, but to adults as well. I'm just glad that I'm actually putting valuable information into the book. And like I said, I really wanted to choose the topics that I think people would really get a lot from, the topics that, you know, are now a part of your everyday thing, but, you know, have never had an explanation before. And I'm glad that it's appealing to, like, adults and kids as well, because not only am I hopefully changing perceptions and things of the adult people, but also the next generation as well who are going to grow up and be like, yeah, like, I know that. I learned that in that book, you know. And then the kids and through education is where you make change because kids are the next leaders. They're going to grow up and they're going to believe what they have been taught. So I want to teach them the right things. And it's got that lovely balance, I think, between what non-Indigenous children are learning but also what Uh, Indigenous children are learning Mm. because it's all around your country and where you're from. And so you talked a little bit about how much of yourself you've put in this book too. And so I wanted to know about what are some of those other sort of Yorta Yorta and Gunditjmara parts of your culture, you know, and where you're from and your country that you've also put into this and the people that you've chosen to also focus on. Yes. When I was writing the book, yeah, I definitely wanted to make it as personal to me as possible. You know, I just didn't want to make this book like a 101 facts, you know, I wanted it to have my personal touch on it and, and my experiences and, and that goes for even, you know, choosing the topics. These are things that I'm just genuinely passionate about and that I love about my culture. 
and yeah, I've included things in there, you know, about my country and where I'm from, Yorta Yorta, uh, Gunda Chamara, talked about totems and the totems of, of my country, you know, the long-necked turtle and the yellow-tailed black cockatoo, talked about elders and Auntie Lois Peeler, who was one of the original sapphires, Yorta Yorta woman. Throughout the book, I'm adding my own experiences and what these topics actually mean to me and how, how and why I love them. Yeah, so it was important to just keep it personal, I think, just to have that connection in the book so when people read it, like, they do feel connected and it's just not like reading, like, a textbook or something like that, you know? It's, like, me telling that story in first person. And so what do you hope that those that read the book, whether they're kids, whether they're adults, what they take away from that? What are you hoping that they get from this? Well, the title is Come Together and that is probably what I would hopeful the most is people can come together and celebrate and and know that we're all a part of this we're all a part of this culture this is Australia this is something to be proud of and you know what out of all the books that have been sold you know if just one kid walks away with just learning something new that would just be incredible because you know as First Nations people you know we just want people to be on that same page with us and just know that we just want to move forward together and and have that balance and and have that equality and and that respect and acknowledgement. And are you still hopeful that this book might also lend a bigger voice to getting Indigenous history lessons in schools and making that compulsory? Yes, I really hope so. This book has been a direct thing from the petition and also the Labor government have granted $14 million to teaching First Nations languages in 60 different schools. All of these steps that are coming out of, like I said, using your voice and standing up for what you believe in is incredible. And like, I'm not going to stop here and I'm going to continue to be a voice and, and do as much as I can for positive change. And I appreciate everyone's support on everything that I'm doing and even the government support and everyone else that sees my vision. It's really special. This is gonna be Christmas. And Desire, it's not just the book that you've released, but you've also released... A new single, First Christmas, yes, which have. you have taken on the songwriting of that as well. I love the holidays. I love Christmas time around December and Christmas time. I'm always doing carols and, and, you know, those shows and things like that. Well, you're a veteran of carols by yeah, candlelight. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love Christmas time, you know. Who doesn't love Christmas time? And, you know, carols and all that, you know, they're lovely songs. But I always thought, you know, I want my own carol to sing. I want to put my own song out there that I can sing at Christmas time. So, yeah, recently I've released my first Christmas song. It's called First Christmas. First Christmas song. First Christmas. It's a super fun song. It's it's upbeat. It's got like R&B vibes. I wrote this one and um, just had a lot of fun with it. I think when you listen to it, it, it feels boppy. It feels fun. And, you know, that's what the holiday season and Christmas is all about. And, yeah, I really love the song. That was Isaiah Firebrace talking about his new book, Come Together, Things Every Aussie Kid Should Know About the First Peoples. And he's passionate about educating everyone about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australia. That's it for this week's Monday to Friday briefing. Jamila will bring you the weekend briefing tomorrow morning. 
Jamila, who are you speaking with? I have a really significant interview coming up this weekend. I sat down with Dr Anne Summers, who is, of course, one of Australia's most highly regarded and prolific feminists. She's a writer, a speaker, an author and a public policy expert. And we sat down to reflect on her career briefly, but mostly to focus on a new report that she has out that links family violence and women's poverty. Some of the findings of that report are utterly shocking and will blow you away that that is allowed to happen in this country in 2022. It is a big episode uh, with some heavy topics, but ones that we absolutely should not turn away from. And I hope people have a moment to listen. Thanks, Jam. An important story coming up on the weekend briefing. And that's it from us. I'm Rihanna Patrick. Have a great weekend. Listener.